Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast, where we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and today I'm excited to be joined by Paige Gallant. Many of you follow along as Paige shares her heart and the rhythm of her family's life on Instagram at On The Cove Homeschool. Like many of you, Paige recognized the need to go against the current and to really focus on creating an atmosphere of rest within her family and slowing down to do that. I invite you to join us as we chat about how and why your family can be slowing down in our ever-changing world. Now, before we transition to my conversation with Paige, though, I want to invite you to make a point to join us at a Teach Them Diligently event this year or in Teach Them Diligently 365 all year long. TTD events and resources have been used by the Lord to impact countless homeschool families just like yours by encouraging their hearts, refocusing their minds, and helping them find the joy and order in what God has called them to do. It really is a joy to get together with thousands of others who are making decisions that put the hearts and minds of their family first. So please make your plans to join us this season in Round Rock, Texas or Pigeon Forge, Tennessee for a three-day celebration of faith, family, and homeschooling unlike you've ever experienced. Get more details, including a list of speakers and resources that can be found there, by visiting teachthemdiligently.net. I absolutely cannot wait to see you there. Now, I also want to remind your family that this week is collection week for Operation Christmas Child. If you haven't packed your shoebox gift yet, there is still time. So to learn more about this opportunity and how your family can get involved in this ministry, visit samaritanspurse.org forward slash OCC. And now I invite you to join me as I chat with Paige Gallant about the positive impacts a restful rhythm can bring for your family and practical ideas to help you get there. Hey, you guys, welcome back. I am very, very excited to welcome Paige Gallant with me today. Paige is Canadian. She is uh, raising her three children up in New Brunswick, and you can find her at On the Cove Homeschool on Instagram. So I'm sure a lot of you have already been following along and seeing all of the cool things that she talks about there. Um, So Paige, welcome to the podcast today. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. Now, we were talking beforehand about, um, you know, a little bit about your family, about, you know, kind of the journey that God has led you on and 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 how you've gotten more of a focus on what we're going to talk about later in the podcast today. But for those who are listening in who don't know Paige, uh, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your family and your background and how God has led you to this place in your life? Yeah, so we... Um... I guess homeschooling wasn't even really on our radar radar in the beginning. And um, I have a background in journalism and communications. Uh, I also have a background in early childhood development. So um, after I had my first child, I kind of went in that that direction uh, for early childhood. Um, I wanted to be home. I knew that part with my kids. So I opened my own in-home daycare. 
um, so that I could be home with my children as well at the same time. Um, my daughter was going off to uh, kindergarten at this point when I had my home daycare and I was pregnant uh, with my next child. And um, she ended up getting sick. So then um, our life kind of got very crazy. So mm. I knew we needed to slow down. And so one of my friends one day who was homeschooling, all she had to say to me was, did you, do you ever think that you could homeschool? And I, that kind of like put some ideas in my head, like, I can, can I do this? And really thinking about it, there's two weeks before school and my, um, anyway, so she had said, you can do this. And that's really all it took. And I just jumped in, I pulled her out of school and, um, and that was, that is, we, dived in with them, not really knowing what to expect, but trusting God that, that this was the right path for our family to slow down and to simplify yeah. and to kind of protect the time that we have with my kids. Oh, absolutely. And it's so funny, um, as you were telling your testimony on that, I can't even begin to count the number of people who have led in just like that. It was never on our radar. We never thought we would homeschool. It was the last thing I ever wanted to do. And the, the stories are so similar. And yet for very similar reasons too, God starts getting your attention. And, um, you know, in our case, it was our time with our children is short, kind of like you were saying, we've got to really focus in and maximize those relationships and, and really focus on those if we're going to disciple our children and point them to Jesus. Um, and homeschooling affords unbelievable opportunities to do that. So, so God led you into or down this path that you never thought that you would go. You've been homeschooling for how long now after taking that leap of faith? Uh, this is our fifth year homeschooling. So we are, I can't see us returning, um, God yeah. willing. So, <laughs> um, I mean, returning to public school, we have loved, um, homeschooling and, uh, it's been a true blessing for our family and the values that we want to instill in our children and the slow paced life that we, we want for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you said something, um, again, as we were talking before, you talked about how, um, you know, you really felt the need to slow down because you wanted to protect their childhood. You wanted to give them time to be children. And that's one of the things that really grieves my heart as I'm looking at these kids who are up and on a bus before the crack of dawn, they're getting home late, they're doing homework, they're, there's no time for them just to be children. So how big of a factor has that been? And, and how have you seen kind of slowing down impact their ability to be kids? Yeah, that's a really um, good point. There's this kind of um, grind that happens where you think it's 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 this um, oh, just a routine that we get stuck in. We get stuck in this routine of waking up, having breakfast, getting the kids on the bus, um, going to work, coming home, supper, maybe an extracurricular activity, and then bed, and it's just repeat. And there's no um, there, you can you can fall in this rut with homeschooling too. I find um, you without fighting for those pauses of rest and the slow childhood that you want. Even homeschoolers, you can get sucked mm -hmm. into um, that same kind of routine. You know, we wake up, we have breakfast, we do our our lessons or morning time, and then um, you know, daddy 
he comes home and you have supper and you can be rushing off to piano lessons though or Awana or a lot of church activities. So I found even our first few years of homeschooling, we were still kind of in this cycle that we hadn't broken yet. Yeah. And um, I needed to stop and kind of reflect and think what is important right now and how am I going to, where am I putting our time into to kind of preserve their childhood and to slow down so that I can build these connections and relationships with my kids. Because yeah. if we're constantly shuffling from one activity to the next, then there's no moment to pause and even make eye contact with my child and ask how their day was. And I, so that was really kind of a drive to break that cycle. And mm -hmm. it was hard because I didn't realize it at first, even as we were homeschooling, um, that this was something we had to kind of stop and be intentional and to kind of fight for slowing down in a world yeah. that kind of glorifies filling our pockets of time with, with everything. So different activities. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. The world not only glorifies it, but it's like the current of everything around you is pushing you in this direction of more, 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 more busy, more, you know, activities, more obligations, more whatever. And, but, but what that leads to is generally a really brittle mom who is like, I mean, you're always pushing, you're always trying to juggle all this stuff and you feel like you're getting farther behind in the stuff that you really should be doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's just this vicious cycle because if mama is chaotic, that's even more chaos for the kids. And how does that impact children? Yeah, they, like what we saw was just, there was, um, that kind of passing um, from one activity to the next where we weren't stopping and, and connecting with them even. So, um, I mean, it doesn't, what you want to create in your kids is, is consistency so that they feel safe and protected and they can come to you and talk to you about things. If we don't have time to slow down, there's no moments for a child to come and talk about their concerns or, things that are happening in their life or even things that are just important to them, like drawing, they drew a tulip that the best they've ever done. And that's important to them. And they don't have that moment to share with you because we're constantly going to, from one event to the next. So it is important, I think, to be consistent in our rhythm, but to leave gaps of intentional time to connect and to slow down. We have chunks in our day where nothing is scheduled. Nothing's going on. It is just, you know, an hour or two hours of doing nothing. And um, it helps kids. It even helps myself when we're stopping and pausing and we're not even don't don't even have music in the background or don't put a podcast on. Don't normally I would want to do that stuff, but have just quiet and see what where you your thoughts start going. That's mm -hmm. usually the moment where um, we begin to think about things we appreciate, and the moment where if we're appreciating certain things that, like if my if my husband um, made coffee for the morning and he made extra for me so that I could have, um, I might not have stopped and thought about that moment, like how caring my husband was to, you know, make a little bit of extra coffee. Mm -hmm. That's something that's so simple and I could have overlooked, but giving 
myself that time to stop and think and not have anything, no voices in the background, um, allows me to appreciate more and to thank God and pray to God, like, thank you for a husband who is caring about tiny details. And I think it gives children the same kind of thing to give them that, that rest from the world's voices and allow them to, to process and think about things that they're thinking about. And, and, and I'm sure in, in their heads, they're, they're think like they become thankful of yeah. the things that are around them or they begin to problem solve um, and they find their own fun. That's a big one for us. I'm, I'm not in charge of their fun. That's right. <laughs> they, can, they can come up and be creative and come up with, with things to fill you know, their time and and quiet and draw or go outside and play and be creative. I think we really diminish um, these pockets of nothing time. Yeah. And without those moments, I think we stopped as a society, we stopped being like appreciating things. Mm -hmm. We don't have time to think about things or even I find even things that are like I've done wrong. Maybe I wouldn't have thought of that moment with somebody that I had wronged. And now, oh, I've had that moment to kind of, it came up, it came up. And I, now I can go to them later on and say, I'm really sorry yeah. that this has happened. Um, and, but, or because if I was too busy, I might've just disregarded it. Um, yeah. Well, and, and another thing that I think is such an important consideration in this we, I, I hear so many people talking about this now and, you know, begrudging, bemoaning, I don't know what the right term is there, but really regretting the fact that things are so busy and so chaotic and trying so hard to stop that, to, to make an, a fresh start. Well, the fact of the matter is we're not only doing it for us, but we can hand our children what their normal can be as they grow up. We can stop the course of all of this by handing our children a more peaceful, quiet, ordered life than we have fallen into. And so the stakes are really, really high with this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We can be the examples to, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we're the gatekeepers of our home. So being, knowing what to allow into our family and kind of what to keep out. Um, for us, we really had to decide what we valued more as a family. Was it these extracurricular activities or is it spending our evenings, you know, open with each other after supper and letting supper linger on? Mm -hmm. Um, so we had, we say in each, like we have, we break up our year by kind of the first half of the year, the second half of the year. Um, the kids can only do one activity and they can't start activities until they're five. That's kind of our thing. So yep. we do give them little tastes of, of activities, but you ha- we chose it as, as a family to kind of balance that. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing more than one activity at a time. So um, I, would, I know my daughter would love it if she could do gymnastics all the time. Um, all year long, but if she wants to do violin in the winter, then we have to stop gymnastics for a season and she can do violin and she can pick it up again the next year. Um, We're not trying to, we're not trying to make Olympian. (laughs) I I want, um, it's nice to give them those tastes of activities um, 
but you just got to learn how to balance it. So if, if gymnastics is something that your family um, values and you do, or you are trying to do like um, to take it more seriously and competitive, then you just, then maybe it's just that one activity and it's not trying to do it all, I guess. Well, and even we, we had a similar policy where you did one thing at a time, but even with you know, we had four children, you have three, that can quickly add a lot to your, to your skill as well. So um, a lot of, a lot of this comes down to controlling what you can, and then coming up with a rhythm that accommodates the things that you choose to let in. And that, that we have found has been really, really critical in creating a climate in our home that though there are seasons that are busier than others, um, there's yeah. still that availability. There's still the focus on relationships. There's still the focus on discipleship and the things that are truly important um, and not allowing the busy to completely derail those. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there yeah. are seasons that are more, are more busier than, yep. than that, right? Well, and one thing we have found, I was, uh, my children, for those of you that have listened in a lot, you know, I've got 22, 20, 18, and 15 year olds, and three of them are in college and still, you know, I, I, we're still their home base while they're finishing their education. And so everything that I had control of when they were young, I don't anymore. They're coming and going. And, and one thing that COVID brought in that was really, really glorious Um, Now we're in South Carolina, so our timeline is very different than I'm sure yours was in Canada and definitely a lot of other places in in the country. But last March when COVID hit, we had we just had a two week lockdown time. That was it. So two weeks, things really stopped. All of a sudden, my kids were home again. All of a sudden, everything centered around home and things that I could control. And it was almost like I had my littles back again, only with the great relationships that we had built through the years. So that, that little span of time was such a gift. And it really kind of reset some things that were moving so fast. And I was so frustrated because all the things I want them to do, I want them to grow up. I want them to launch all of these things just seem to be slipping out of my grasp so quickly. Um, So those, the Lord also gives you moments like that, where things are more quiet. Sometimes, sometimes it is a lull in activity. Sometimes it's just a seasonal break. Sometimes it's an intentional thing, but really, really focus in on those, those respite times too, where you can focus more on rest than even you do during the normal part of your life. Right. Yeah. Like grabbing onto those pockets of, Mm -hmm. of time and being really intentional with it. I know our family, um, usually our activities are during the week with the kids. So our Saturday was so important to our family, um, to not, have anything going on. We made it um, really early on that Saturdays was a family day that we would stay home, that we would rest and we weren't going to do anything else. And so we were really strict about it at first, just to kind of like, oh, we're not going out to the market or we're not. So I just, we were really strict at first and now it's just a natural part of Mm. my kids rhythm. They just know, okay, Saturdays we're home. We're just doing stuff with mom and dad and I'm hoping that that's something that even as they get older, even if it's not, you know, home all day with us when they're out on their own, but that Saturdays, they take that with them too, as being maybe a day 
with their spouses one day that this is, oh, this is a day for rest and family. Um, and yeah, even a meal shared together. It can be so simple. You're, you're right. It is such a, we need to grab those moments of opportunity of rest and, and just go with it. And yeah. Now you alluded earlier to the fact that at some point you recognize the fact that God actually demands this rest of us. God has created us for rest. He didn't create us for, for chaos. The Bible says that God isn't the author of confusion and yet we fill our lives with so much of it. How did God really impress on your heart that this is something that he deems important? Yeah. A few years back, um, my husband and I really wanted to reread the entire Bible together and you see it right from the very, very beginning. Like it's, it's, we kind of tend to look like gloss over, read quickly through the creation days, but God himself who created everything stopped and rested. Mm. And I think that example alone is just huge. He didn't have to stop and rest. This was, this is him showing us that it's so beneficial. He didn't have to, but he's showing us that, you know, he did all this work, we are to work. And, um, but then there's that day that he took of rest. And then we see this all throughout scripture, all throughout the old Testament and how important God was, was calling the Israelites to just take that day of rest and the year of Jubilee, like there's this pattern of, of rest. And so we just kept seeing it over and over and over. And when God repeats something, (laughs) you know, that, it is important and to right. listen to that. And obviously like he knew what was going to be of our world today and how busy we were going to get as humans. So we needed these examples and repeated multiple times in, in scripture. And so that was when we were like, okay, we need to take this seriously. We need to stop. We need to rest. Um, and yeah, that, that was just the repeating and seeing how important it was in the Bible and, um, and, and knowing we needed to kind of implement that more seriously into our life too. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And the other thing that I think that we find when we allow rest or when we focus and purpose to rest is that our trust in God actually increases because we find, you know, in the busy, we have this false sense of you're doing something. I'm controlling something. I'm, you know, I got this. I have to work harder. I have to do more, whatever. But at a time of rest, you are recognizing your dependency on God. And there is great growth that happens during those times too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's like, it's even, and our rest comes who, where does our rest come from? We are told it comes from Christ. Like we are to go to him and to seek refuge and to rest in him and let our souls be refreshed and Mm. how important that is. Um, Yeah. We usually in those moments of rest too, is when we are stopping and appreciating and thanking God for all that he has already done for us and provided for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if, if, there's a family listening who is saying, you know, I want that. I am so worn out, burnt out, all of the things, and I desire this rest. What kind of practical tips or guidance would you give them for actually setting this in motion to kind of re, reorganize their family's rhythm? 
Um, I would definitely start small. Um, take and like what you had said too, taking those moments where you can um, of rest and kind of grabbing hold of them. So if it is a Saturday or a Wednesday or whatever fits in your schedule, then kind of grab on to those moments and, and be, you can be strict with it at first. Like if it's just after supper, we're going to spend 30 minutes together doing, just sitting on the couch with a tea or a book together, then every Wednesday, make sure that you are doing that. And then, um, yeah, grabbing those, those moments. And, um, we fit into our schedule too, um, with homeschooling. I heard the term Sabbath schooling from somebody. I didn't know it was called that until I was explaining how we do six weeks on and one week off so that I could regroup and refocus Mm -hmm. and just take a break. We needed a break and it's, it helps because then I can, um, just have and if you feel burnt out I feel like this is the time to just just to relax and let go and let loose and um, refresh your souls and pray and um, so that is something we also have added into our schedule and our rhythm is just we have six weeks of school and then we take a week off and a break so that we can all recharge even even the kids so just looking for um, those little moments that you can can grab for now um, and then refocus like even if it's at bedtime like my son loves to talk at bedtime when I tuck him in and before I would kind of rush through bedtime but I had to stop a few years ago and realize actually this is the moment he's connecting with me and I need to pause my busy life (laughs) and take the half extra, maybe half hour to sit and listen to him. And this is when he would tell me about his whole day. And normally he's pretty quiet. Hmm. So to, to be intentional with my child, to take that, grab onto that and um, use that as kind of a rest too, to just stop and listen and have nothing in the background. And um, even if it's five minutes per day, like um, you sit out on your porch and you just do nothing, like just stare out, stare out <laughs> to, and um, take that moment to just not have anything distracting yeah. you. Um, yeah. You can start, start small and don't overwhelm yourself. Right. And put expectations that everything is going to change in a moment that right. sets you up for frustration and failure too. Um, yeah. And the other thing that I, I really want to take just a second to, to hit is if you are listening and you have older children, you didn't start out this way and you're, you're scared to death that making this kind of a change is going to actually negatively impact your relationship with your kids because they're going to be disappointed for things they're missing out on or, or whatever. I would encourage you to bring them in on the decision-making process, help them understand why, what is your mission? What are you going for with making these changes? And then let them help you, kind of decide what are the important things and what are not, because you may be surprised. I always found that when I asked my kids what was most important, there were a lot of times when stuff that was a bigger deal to them was not the stuff that I would have imagined was the bigger deal to them. So listen, take this opportunity to actually bring your children into the decision-making process, and then you're moving more together as a family. If, however, you find that even by doing that, you still have a lot of, of pushback and stuff, 
don't forget that, that God has called you to be the parents and you are the ones that are responsible and accountable for how you're raising your family and how you're ordering your days. And so continue to try to bring them in, but it is still okay to act like the parent and to make those calls uh, for the good of your children and for the good of your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So I know, I know a lot of, a lot of those that are listening in are saying, ah, but I'm, have I waited too long or whatever? And and you really haven't. Mm -hmm. God redeems situations. God gets our attention at different times and God uses different things. It may have been the lessons that you learned in the busy were really, really important. And you're going to actually understand them even more when you have a little bit more margin to, to sit and process kind of like what you were talking about with the things you appreciate or the things even that you remember that you need to make right. Um, so, so much good can come no matter when you are kind of embarking on this more restful lifestyle journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paige, we are getting really low on time, but before we go, I want you to make sure that you let everybody know, first of all, where they can connect with you. And, you know, if there's anything specific, any resources that you have that uh, would kind of help them work this out or just help them as they homeschool in general. Uh, Yes, Um, you can find me over on Instagram at On The Cove Homeschool. Um, I share about a rhythm over there and about um, rest and how you can implement that um, in your home. Um, I also have uh, an Etsy shop too with um, that you can find in my links that has rhythm guides that if you want to kind of have something you need to physically write out, I have those available as well. Um, I've really loved uh, the book Simplicity Parenting. That has been a really... Um, good resource for uh, simplifying your life and slowing down with your kids um, and creating rhythm in your home. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, getting to talk to you. Well, you are very welcome. I'm so glad that you've been here with us and I appreciate your sharing your heart and, and how God has worked in your own family and taught you guys so much through this kind of change of pace that he introduced several years ago for you guys. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. You're welcome. And to everybody else, I'm so glad that you chose to spend this time with us. Uh, It's been a joy to kind of virtually hang out with you. So I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real, real soon. Bye-bye. for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events, and then throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.